I offer my prostrated obeisances to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, my eternal spiritual master. I offer my respectful obeisances to His Holiness Devamrita Swami and all of the of my most exalted God brothers and God sisters. I offer my obeisances to all the assembled devotees and all the Vaishnavas all over the world. Thank you very much for having me here. I can feel the um, devotional energy pouring through. Feel free, if, um, if you want to, you can turn on your camera, every square that lights up. As long as you're not building a car or a boat or something like that, it's okay. And um, I probably will take some reflections because I like to interact and hear what you're all thinking. Hare Krishna. There's a point about taking the time during this life to go into uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita. It's so easy to overlook um, important things as the mind categorizes things and decides that I've already done that or I've seen it before. It's an affliction of the mind. And hearing and chanting every day is a, a way to realize the nature of transcendental sound vibration, how it's ever fresh. That's really important because we need variety to be happy. So a part of the nature of, of, the, of the living entity or living entities. And we have, we have to have variety to be happy. There's a way in which um, if we're not getting variety from the spiritual energy, if we're not seeing the beauty of the spiritual world or hearing it, actually we hear it first before we see it. And it's palpable if we hear and we feel fulfilled. One of the first symptoms, Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojita Janaya Yashuvaira Gyam Yanam to come. We'll notice for ourselves the fulfilling nature of transcendental sound vibration. And that I'm I'm feeling satisfied. Bhakti Parishanu Bhava Virakti Ranyata Traishatrika Ekakala. Prapadya manasya yatashna tasus tushti pushti shuddha payonu gasam. Bhagavatam, Havi Yogendra says, just like when you eat food and you feel nourished, satisfied, and your hunger goes away. So similarly, when you practice direct bhakti, then you'll naturally feel devotional energy 
the satisfying nature of just being um, situated in the mood of selfless service. And you'll also see uh, Krishna everywhere. You'll see him within everything. That is within all energies and within all incidents in life. And also, perhaps most noticeably, such a person will feel disinclined towards activities related to the material world that were habitual, that one didn't question because they just seemed natural, and that now one has no more inclination towards. That's kind of a miracle. There are millions of programs to try to help people detach from bad habits, and they're not always successful. You really have to hold your breath. How long can you do that? But when you notice that, well, I'm just, I don't like it anymore. That's a day you can really celebrate. And getting that feeling on a regular daily basis is the genesis of all Sankirtan. Because as you say, you know, you want everyone to jump out on the street. Well, why would you jump anywhere unless you felt like jumping, jumping for joy? I mean, people jump for so many reasons. Some people jump off of buildings because they just lost something. <laughs> you know, they're deeply um, afflicted because they, a lot of people jumped off of buildings during the, uh, the Great Depression when the stock market crashed. And a lot of people had everything in equities and they lost it all. And they just thought, well, what's the use of my life? And they jumped off. That's one kind of jumping. Prophet mentioned that sometimes people jump because out of lust, they jump, like jumping jumping dogs, you would say. But we, when we jump, we're dancing because we feel happy. Dancing means I've got no real earthly reason to, to dance. It's just that I feel so filled up. I, I naturally, I just want to move. You ever been in a kirtan? And then it's like, I have to get up. <laughs> And then, of course, there's get up, dance, and then you feel like you don't want to stop dancing. And both are there in our practice because we're always working against the lower energy of this body that we carry around that's run by the software of the mind that has so many previous impressions and the heaviness of its attachments to the material world. So how to get over that is a simple method, and that is to, uh, to regulate your reading every day. Read Prabhupada's books especially, because there's a lot of books on the planet, but if you take time to become really familiar with Prabhupada's books, then, and they become your, the basis of your life. That is, your perspective is based on that, and you're informed by them. It's the, it's the primal sound in your life, the primal sound vibration in your life, primary sound vibration in your life. It's Prabhupada's books. And uh, one very practical way to do that, this is kind of in the Vaidhi mode, rules and regulations, to get you to spontaneous uh, attraction, is to regulate how much you read every day. If you have a bead bag, but you don't have counter beads, what will people say? If you walk, if you walk into the temple in the association doors, you have a bead bag on, but you don't have counter beads, what will the devotees say? What do you think? Hey, what are you doing? Where's your counter beads? Won't they say that? 
somebody's going to notice it and say, what happened to your counter beads? And you just tell them, I don't need counter beads. You know, I just keep it in my head and, you know, I chant whenever I feel like it. Well, Sankhya Purvakanamagana Nati B, the six Goswamis, they counted everything. So we do it too. And so if you count how much you read every day, it keeps it keeps those um, inclinations to, you know, start and stop on hold. And you can develop a practice of reading Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Sri Chaitanya Charnamrita. And I recommend counting and measuring how much you do, like a minimum every day. If you get on that diet, it, it's the most nourishing spiritual diet to read Prabhupada's books every single day at a certain level. It doesn't have to be huge, but it has to be consistent in order to have its effect. It's something that Kapila Dev said to Devahuti. Devahuti, of all people, comes out and says, totally vulnerable, and says, listen, I can't understand how I could ever get out of this mess I'm in now. I seem like, it seems to me I am my body. I seem like I am my mind. I, it feels to me as if I'm my mind. And I don't see any cessation of this. I've been in it since time memorial. How am I going to get out of it? Has any of ever, ever has any, have any of you ever felt like that, even from a, a fleeting moment? Yes or yes? yes. Please say yes, or I'm going to feel really bad because I feel I feel like yes. that all the time. <laughs> so, if 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 that's how you feel, Devahuti admitted it, and she said, you know, that's how I feel. This seems like impossible. So, what am I going to do? And Kapila Dev said, here's what you do: you have to hear for a long period of time and go on serving. You have to hear a lot. So if you don't like what you're being subjected to, change the subject, upgrade the topic, change the channel. The best channel on the planet is what Prabhupada put down in his books. It's really home for us. We feel comfortable with it. It's unassailable knowledge. And it's so uh, recently channeled through the, the current medium, the uh, the most prominent Acharya. We have many Acharyas now, but our prominent Acharya who brought us uh, the mainstay of our spiritual practices, especially in our um, ISKCON identified Gaudiya group, we, we really take shelter of the, that vibration. That's a solution to a lot of problems. Sometimes problems seem to spring up on every side but you can solve them by having a regular reading program because all the questions are answered. And if all your, if you get more questions, that's good. Have you ever been in a class and someone says, are there any questions? And nobody raises their hand. Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed if I don't have a good question. I feel horrible about it because I realize that I haven't been, uh, I haven't been hearing deeply enough to have, I'm not qualified to ask a question at that point. So in our hearing and chanting sessions, we should come out with this feeling like, I want to know more about this. If our mind is in that state and we're feeling the diminishment of these pushings from the lower modes, which happens quite naturally, tada rajas tamo bhava kama loba chaita itera na vidham stitam satve prasidati, 
starting to feel that we're touching the web of the divine energy by hearing and chanting and the association devotees then there's a, a natural way in which the lower pushings are conspicuous by their absence as i said earlier it's a time to celebrate and when we feel like celebrating the fact that i'm getting free from the the predictable um entanglement in this material nature and the the predictable results of my entanglement which are, are getting quite boring actually after so many lifetimes i mean at some point i have to say enough's enough like my friend dave dibberton in high school <laughs> he wanted to learn the flute and one night one summer night in the late 60s i was there in my house my brother and my parents and he burst in our front door of course we were all friends so i knew we could just walk in he burst in the front door and he he had shaved his head that was that was sacrilege back in the 60s he had to have long hair to be cool he shaved off his hair he burst in the front door he had his flute in his hand he said that's it no more nonsense i'm going to get serious i'm going to learn the flute <laughs> he wanted to wanted to be a consummate musician so he just had that strong determination when we feel that arising in our hearts stitam sattve prasiddhi like i have a standing in spiritual life this is all i want that is a good platform to um then move about and minister to other people by meeting them and understanding what they're going through it's hard when we're going through the same things attracted to the same things or at least we have to have a little bit of a leverage that we're feeling ourselves to be fully optimistic to present it to other people and when we're feeling it then it's quite natural that yeah it, we're convincing i want to share this with you so that's the that's where the springboard is it's in hearing and chanting and and practicing japa there's full, we have full permission from all the acharyas to really absorb ourselves in japa they tell us there's nothing else but this the holy name is uh the only thing to be had in the 14 worlds give full attention to this so don't listen to your mind when it says there are other important things don't listen to anybody else that says you don't have to take time for your japa it's your responsibility and if you take responsibility for these two things in your personal life to systematically study shila prapad's books and also chant good japa then naturally there'll be this impetus to go and present it to other people what's more there'll be this fluency that you start to develop by hearing and also experiencing for yourself a fluency in presenting to other people so that's important and then in going out and whatever that means nowadays uh, in different places around the world going out doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on the street there are lots of ways to reach out to other people but just in the act of reaching out to somebody who wasn't expecting you who has a a a categorically different perspective than you and then testing out your mantras how are you going to test your mantras like in the ancient vedic times they used to take an animal and they would 
sacrifice it. Why? Because they want to test the mantra to see if they can bring it back to the life. So we test our mantras. You hear and chant. You know how it makes you feel, right? Like, uh, how does it make you feel? It makes you feel okay. That's an impossible stage to reach in this world, to feel okay. We never feel okay. It's impossible. Everyone always feels some anxiety because no matter what I have, it's not okay. It's not enough. Here, have a new house. Oh, yeah, all right, but I still don't feel okay because I got to take care of it. Here's a million dollars. Why didn't you give me two million? You've got a billion. Uh, and, and besides that, how am I going to pay taxes on this? We're never okay. So if you can suddenly feel okay from your hearing and chanting, then you can give it to other people. And when you approach them and you notice by the efficacy of your mantra, or you rather you will notice the efficacy of your mantra when they respond to it. The other night in one of our uh, Bhakti community sessions, uh, just at the near the end of the session, I asked the participants. Many of them were new. They had only been there. Some had been there one time. Some had been there three or five or ten. But very, very new. And especially they haven't mixed that much in person with devotees because everything's online still in uh, every other part of the world except for New Zealand, um, I think. And uh, I said, so why did you come here tonight? And like, and uh, they were effusive. They were saying, because this is, uh, it, it's amazing. It's changing our lives. There's nothing like this anywhere. It's hard for us to see it because we're in it all the time. But when you bring it out to other people and you show them and then they look at it and say, wow, this is amazing. Whatever you say is amazing. <laughs> and when, we're, when we share our mantras, with other people. Here, try this mantra instead of the mantras you're using right now, try it on, and then they respond like that, then it, it verifies the power of our mantra, just like in the Vedic times. They bring an animal back to life. We bring somebody else back to life. The soul is sometimes known as the animal. So it's been killed by the, by the process of material nature. So how do you bring it back to life? It's like, excuse me, let me just show you a new mantra. As this is a spiritual book, it's meant to awaken love for God in your heart, and you know you're not your body. And then you give them the books full of mantras. You just read these mantras. It's a better set of mantras than the ones you're using now. CNN or the books you're reading. Doesn't matter what literature can be sophisticated literature. It doesn't touch the web of the divine, and it won't give them that feeling that they're okay. But the Bhagavad Gita will. And that's the proof. You see it, they see it, and that's what keeps our movement going. It's this tension between the two things. We hear and chant. We feel it. We experience it for ourselves. We know we can stay awake in class because we're actually interested. That's huge. Nobody can do that. But we can because we start to develop an interest and that's a time for celebration. And then we take it out to other people say, you know, hey, I read this, I could stay awake in class. It's actually interesting to me. They'll see something, something coming from you that they don't see anywhere else. You're actually alive and that you're there. You have the freedom to be their well-wisher. People aren't free to be well-wishers of others. 
Ita Dvesha Sumutena Dvandva Mohena Bharata. Krishna says everybody's born into this energy of hatred for other living entities. We want to cut them up and eat them. Where'd that idea come from? That's really a, a long way down from what we are as beings full of light and love from the spiritual world to cutting up other living entities and say, how about I'll just eat your body and you can go to hell and just die. That's what the whole society is going on like. And then when you come out with your perspective on life that every living entity is part of Krishna and everybody is special, every living entity is special and the, and then we're all related. We all come from the same original conscious divine source. That's a powerful energy for people to feel. And when you can give them a book, which is a container, books are beloved in society. Here's a few things about books. Books are beloved in human society. Humans love books. They just do. Why? Because we have a chit nature. We want to know stuff and what the book represents. Don't get me started on libraries. That's the pinnacle of of uh, human uh, achievement is to you know put it all in one place. Universities were meant for that. They've gone vocational, but the idea was, you know, put it all in one place so we can feast on this. Humans love books, and the second thing is, books are undeniable. As soon as somebody writes a book and puts it out there, it can be utter nonsense. It's hard to get rid of it once you've got it. So anybody gives you a book. I'm not going to read this, but I can't throw it away. <laughs> what do I do with it now? You know, you give it to the library, it pops back up somewhere else. Uh, books just don't go away. They're really hard to get rid of once you release them into the human society. So when you have this combination that you've got the right mantras, you put them into a book, which is undeniable, which is beloved in human society, and you yourself are reading it and feeling... Uh, that it's changing your life what an occupation i mean that's good work if you can get it right that's our work that's what we get to do for our life so this is the combination that keeps us above okay actually we're when we do hearing and chanting and we do the distribution, and everyone here can verify this. You rise to the coveted position, which is about a millimeter above okay. I mean, okay is impossible in the first place. Everyone's, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You're not okay. <laughs> Nobody's okay. Krishna says this in 11 Kanta to Uddhava. He said, I don't know what these living entities are thinking. He said, they are literally standing in line at a slaughterhouse. And if you ask him if they're okay, they'd say, I'm okay. No, you're not okay. <laughs> Nor if you actually look into your consciousness right now, are, you'll notice that you're not okay. So first of all, reaching okay, that's huge. It never happens. We're getting it. We're, we're actually hitting that level sometimes. In the middle of Japa, we're leaning in and we go, I think I'm okay right now. But then, when you take that and you distribute it to other people, it's so such an internal activity that you're transferring that energy that you got from Krishna and you're offering it to other people, taking a little trouble 
you actually come a millimeter above okay and you say how are you i'm a little better than okay <laughs> and that's what our movement is it has to be a little better than okay we don't run on bricks and mortar doesn't matter what kind of building you have if you're not a little better than okay you don't have anything there's lots of buildings if you're not at least okay you don't have anything but when you're better than okay by at least a millimeter that's when the movement moves and that's sankirtan sam samyak kirtan it means bringing all the energy together all the stuff that you're experiencing you package it up and you get everybody together and you go out and give it to as many people as possible samyak kirtan and then when you get a whole group of people who are a little better than okay you've got an you've got the most valuable energy that's group energy in the world and that's sankirtan so what all of you are doing there in new zealand because you're so fortunate to be under enlightened highly enlightened leadership and you're dedicating your lives to this process and guidance from all sides and also you know shelter built in to to your lives in the way that you're living in ashramas whether grahastha or brahmachari ashram or vanaprastha whatever ashram you're in then you know you're you're living in the most fortunate situation of all anyway those are a few preliminary remarks let's see if you have any uh reflections or questions to amplify or try to um diversify the conversation reflection just means any uh statement or idea that you heard that you could write it on a popsicle stick and put in your pocket and pull out when you're in line somewhere and say hey that's a good idea i think that will help me what what idea did you heard here that worked for you or uh if you have a question and you want to see um if we could take it in a, in a you know to a deeper level then go ahead Oh please Yeah. I mean when Krishna says it too, he's like, "God, I don't get what you guys are thinking." You're standing there ready to get killed and you and you're just acting like it's so everything's fine. And I always remark this um retort that people give oftentimes. Here's here's a literature spiritual literature solve all your problems in life. It's like I'm all set. <laughs> That's what they say in America. I'm all set. <laughs> Or I'm okay. I'm all set. Not really. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. What else? What are the things? Hare Krishna. Yeah, uh, and, and before we could reach above okay or even okay, we have to um, empower our 
intelligence. Evam buddhi param buddhva samstabdhyatmanamatmana jahi shatra mahabaho kama rupam durasadam. At the end of the third chapter, uh, after which Krishna has described the hierarchy that we deal with in the body, in the mind, in the intellect, and then above that is us, the soul. He describes the battle that goes on. It's a war that's happening. So when we sign up for this out of shraddha, adhava shraddha tatasaru sangha, we get devotee association, bhajana kriya, then we actually sign on the dotted line. I'm signing up for this, come what may. And then we go through the slog of anartanavriti. Not that it's a total slog. We, we get a taste here and there by Krishna's arrangement and mercy. However, th- there are contenders there that are vying for our attention. And th- therefore, Krishna recommends in that condition, we have to fortify our intelligence. It's called DSI, deliberate spiritual intelligence. You have to use that point. And how do you get that? Especially by reading Gita. Gita, Prabhupada says in the second count of the Srimad Bhagavatam, is the Vedic intelligence. And so without the Gita, we don't have a chance. Don't go out into the world. Don't interact without getting uh, fortifying your intelligence with the Gita. And if you fortify your intelligence by hearing Gita, then there is a way in which you'll be able to sustain yourself even through the the points of time when you don't feel okay. Your intelligence goes, yes, but I understand something higher. The intellect's very powerful, actually. So Prabhupada said it has to be uncontaminated. You have to purify the intellect. You purify it by hearing. Krishna says it in the Gita that when you when you listen to this dialogue between Krishna, between Arjuna and myself, then you worship me by your intelligence. So fortify the intelligence and that will get you through those parts. And Krishna gives a lot of encouragement. He understands what we're going through. For instance, in Bhagavatam, he says, Jata Shraddha Matkatasu Nirvina Sarva Karmasu Dukkha. He says, Veda Dukkha Makan Kamam Pritya Janishvara Tatoba Jetamam Prita Shraddha Lordra he said, there's this interim period that we go into when our faith has awakened, Jatashrata, Matkatasu, we believe in Krishna Kata, we believe in the Bhagavatam, we, we taste something there, we know that it's transcendental. Nirvina Sarvakarmasu. And we also believe that engaging in a material sense gratification is a waste of time. Veda dukatmakankamams, it leads to misery. However, paritya pyanishvara, but we still don't have the power to not do it. We haven't come to that place where, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm over it now. So what do you say? Tatoba jetamam prita, shradalurjurjanishcha. He said, keep going. Keep going. I was once in Hawaii and I was, I was leaving to catch a flight somewhere. I was pulling out in the car. And there was this brand new devotee. He came running up to me and said, so, you know, what should I do? And we were, we were late for the flight. I said, keep on keeping on. <laughs> I think it's a lyric from a song somewhere. <laughs> keep on keeping on. And so then, I, you know, we drove to the airport, caught my flight. Fast forward three years. I ran into him again, came up to me. I didn't know who he was. 
He said, do you remember me? I said, no. He said, Hawaii. I said, yeah, what about Hawaii? And he said, in the parking lot. I said, what about the parking lot? And he said, remember what you told me? I said, no. <laughs> he said, you told me to keep on keeping on. And he said, that's what I did. And look at me now. I'm happy. And that's what Krishna says in that verse. So don't worry. This is so powerful. Keep on keeping on. You're going, you're walking in the path of the saints. So even before you taste it, uh, use your intelligence to understand you're doing the right thing. Human intelligence is really powerful. Bhagavad Gita is the way to do it, though. You got to read Gita. Don't shop when you're hungry. And similarly, don't go out into the world and test out your senses when, before you've read the Bhagavad Gita. Until, you're, you're, until your intellect is satisfied by the Gita, don't go messing around with the material energy. Thank you. Good to see you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yeah, practice, you know, and it doesn't matter how fast you go. Consistency is more powerful than than volume or speed. And if you're consistent, drops a day, wear stone away. And the, if you just hang around the sound, the sound vibration and keep practicing, then miracles will happen. You don't have to do it yourself. Don't don't um, feel that you don't have uh, you're not doing enough. If you're showing up and you're listening and you're trying, the miracle will happen. Just like with seeds, you put them in the ground. I'll tell you a quick story. It relates to this. So when I was in Mayapur, I went to um, a holy place. And, um, and in that holy place, there was a tree that um, Lord Nina and the Lord Chaitanya danced underneath. And uh, I was there with um, Janani Vasprabhu. He came in and one of my other god brothers, and we were just there uh, visiting the place and hearing and chanting. So we were, it was a tamarind tree. And so there a, a pod, a tamarind pod, had fallen from the tree on the ground. So Janani Vas picked it up and he handed it to me and said, Here, eat this. So I said, Okay. So I cracked it open and I ate it. Tamarind tastes pretty good. Uh, it's kind of tangy, but it's very tasty. So I ate it, took it as prasad, he handed it to me, and I noticed that there were two little seeds in there. So I just kept them. I washed them off in the pump and I, I kept them in my pocket. I kind of forgot about it. I put it in a little container, brought it back to America, and uh, they were sitting there for a long time. And then I, then I thought, hey, 
maybe I'll plant them. So I put them in pots. Actually, I germinated them first because I read online how to do it. So I put them in pots and they didn't come up. So I was like, oh, well, at least I tried. You know, of course, you know, it's it's not so easy to bring seeds from another country and stuff like that. But I kept them in the greenhouse under a watering system. And, you know, I said, oh, well, you know, whatever. And then one day I came to the greenhouse. I was taking care of Tulsi and I looked down. There was this huge sprout coming out from the from one of the pots where the tamarind seeds were huge it was like pushing up mightily from the from the soil my heart began to say, i ran in the house to tell my wife you got to see this is the most incredible thing ever happened in the world and she came out there we were dancing in the greenhouse looking at the seat you know it came from the tree that lord and lord chaitanya danced and it was handed to me by my dear god brother janani vas i brought it home what are the chances that it would actually sprout and it grew and it grew and then i thought well at least one out of two that's not so bad but then the other one sprouted <laughs> and they're both trees now they're small trees but they're very robust and whenever i look at them i remember this principle trust good seeds trust where you got them just keep watering when they come up and how they come up that's another thing you're living in grace and the, you know the the details of how long it takes to sprout or whatever just stay in the sound vibration and association with devotees and that seed is going to sprout the seed you got is coming from the topmost region of the spiritual world it's coming down i said you had good leadership the vibration that's coming from your upline is so powerful that it can't not work. You know, in the in the light of the Bhagavad, Prabhupada said, even if you decide you don't want it to sprout, it's going to come up anyway. <laughs> you change your mind, say, I'm not into this anymore. It's still going to come up. It's so powerful. So you're okay. You're doing great. Just keep doing it. And, and uh, you know, whatever whenever you're in that environment and that atmosphere just let the grace come down to you the sound vibration it's water and the seed is going to sprout it happens uh, it's it's otherworldly it's something that we can't explain it's mercy that's coming to us and when and how you know we actually come to that level that we start feeling better than okay and that then it it becomes full-blown uh devotional service in, in spontaneity to Krishna, it's gonna happen. So you just keep doing it and keep on keeping on. You're gonna be fine. Hare Krishna. You all let me know when we're out of time, because, okay. Okay. Hare Krishna. Yes.
Okay, I'm going to tell you another story. Because facts tell, but stories sell. So, once, and you can listen to this, it's in a recording. Prabhupada was talking to this Indian man who was very devoted to him and, and very favorable man. And he was with other disciples. Could be on a morning walk. I, I can't remember. It's a morning walk or an in-room, but it's not a class. So the man starts talking about one of the Gaudiya Mutts he went to for Janmashtami in India. And he said that Prabhupada had like a, a god brother there who was envious of him, envious of Prabhupada and who was making propaganda against him and against ISKCON. And he brought out this uh, newspaper that he had that showed how uh, he said ISKCON had been kicked out of Japan. So one of the devotees who had been involved in Japan said, oh, but Prabhupada, that's not true. And Prabhupada said, that's all right. He said, once there was a man, he said, I just lost 10,000. And the other man sitting next to him and said, well, you're luckier than me because I didn't even have 10,000 to lose. So the fact is that you're in the game at a very high level, very high level. What you're doing there, the, the kind of environment you're in, the sadhana that you're doing is extremely powerful. If you miss a day here, here or there, or you know, even if you messed up royally on this path, all you have to do is keep going. You actually, a Prabhupada used to say that those mess ups become uh, the pillars to success. You learn from them as you keep going. Krishna says, Swapada mulam bhajatap priyasyak taktanya bhavasa hare priyeshaha vikarma yachchot patitam katanchit tunoti sarvam hridisan nivishtaha. He said, if somebody messes up, does vikarma, when they're on the path of devotional service, you just keep going. He said, I'll fix it. I'm within your heart. Keep going, same direction. Same thing in Gita. Even if the person does something really weird, Sudarachara, like, what are you thinking? Kind of stuff. And then Krishna says, leave him alone. You leave him alone, everybody. I don't care what you think, what I think is that person's a sadhu because Shri Pram Bhavati Dharmatma Shashvash Shantim Nagachati Kotniya Pratijani Hinami Bhakti Prana This person is my devotee they're on the path of devotional service they're going to become completely pure so don't beat yourself up you can have Gharyan just a slight bit of a little hint of regret like when you're cooking you don't want to put in too much hing if you ever use hing don't use too much it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's some spices too much. You just need a hint. So when you get, uh, when you feel remorse because you can't do something or, you, you know, you didn't do your practice one day or five days or even five years, you know, just pick up and keep going. You're going to be successful. Have a little mercy on yourself. Okay. Hare Krishna. Yes. Yes, you may. Katamrita, good to see you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Prabhuji. Um, and uh, yeah, please send um, 
my obeisances to your wonderful wife, Miracle Makiji, as Thank well. You. I'll convey them and she'll be ecstatic. Thank you. Um, I, I was thinking about how you were saying to keep ourselves um, receptive to the sound vibration. And um, I was thinking about how in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada, he talks about how Krishna can be compared to the sun and that the sun shines everywhere impartially, but um, those who keep themselves in darkness, they aren't so receptive um, to that sunshine. So how can we um, become more receptive to the light that we're getting and the sound vibration that we're receiving? Well, uh, best thing is to just keep doing it because um, even if you're doing non-boss, Haridas Thakur says you're going to have a breakthrough. Even if you're doing nam-aparad, nam-aparad yuktanam nam-manyeva harantyagam avishvani prayuktani nam-yevarta karanicha Padma Purana, keep going. Even if you're nam-aparadi, you keep chanting because a broken clock is right at least twice a day. <laughs> and if you keep going... You know, it's like in baseball. I remember there was a little kid on our, our little team. As everyone knows, he can't hit. Like, why does he even play? What's the use? You know, and he'd get up, he'd strike out every time. I don't know if you guys have over there, but you strike out. You, you know, it's a bad thing. You sit down. You didn't do anything. Like, so he would get up there. His name was Herman. He was a little kid. He could barely swing the bat. Herman, uh, all the kids would go, what's the use of Herman? So one day he stands up there. And he swung the bat and he connected and he hit it out of the park. Home run. Everyone was cheering for little Herman. So we, we're like little Herman. Be little Herman. And just like Krishna, I can't hit anything. I can't do one name right. I can't do anything right. I'm useless. A Gotra, Kunti says. Just be like Krishna admitted. I'm, I'm the lowest of the low. That's how the Acharyas do it. And then if you just stand in, you keep swinging the bat, keep moving your fingers, keep doing the japa, keep reading the pages, you're going to hit one out of the park and the, the crowd is going to go wild. <laughs> you know, um, we have this global thing going on. It's, a, it's really a taking shape around the world that Although we have our individual identities as book distributors locally, we have our individual goals locally, which is absolutely necessary. There's also this um, awareness of a global team. And when you do the two things simultaneously, stay hooked into the global team and the awareness of it, it adds another element to the process of Sankirtan where you're feeling the power of, of us the samyak kirtan of us going for the global goals overall. So my my uh, observation is that those uh, who are involved in sankirtan, who keep this uh, second level of awareness on the global team and do the practical things to stay connected, get uh, a special kind of um, perception or perspective rather that is extremely helpful for the local team. We call it global, 
you know, it's local, but glo uh, global at the same time is a very powerful way to um, connect. So there's these, you know, big marathons like uh, Bhadra. Uh, we're doing 25,000 sets this year worldwide. Uh, uh, the more you calculate, like, how does our part fit in and things like that, that it gives you more local force at the same time. Om Tat Sat. Please go ahead. Oh, okay. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I, feel, I feel a bit embarrassed to ask this question in light of all the inspiration that you're giving. Um, okay. Well, wait a minute. We give $100 for, for a stupid question. <laughs> Let me check and see if I have a hundred. Okay, it's there. Let's see if you can win something. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so this, yeah, so this, this just happened yesterday that I was on the street and um, recently what we've done is, um, is that we've organized a few devotees who are very uh, who are good at cooking so we so every week we make about 200 cookies and we tr we're taking them out on the street and we go on especially because we're focusing on um distributing bhagavad so whoever we need you know we, we're giving them cookies so yesterday what happened was that um yeah like my mind was very disturbed during job i was just thinking of so many services that need to be done and so uh, when I was in the street, I was trying to, it was trying to stop people and, you know, no one was stopping and so many people were not even wanting to take the cookies. And there was just like, there was just, there was just one no after the other. Um, and I was just, and at some point I felt myself becoming hostile towards people. So I was thinking to myself, you know, that I'm, that I'm trying to, it's like, that, that people don't even want to take a cookie. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I want to eat all of them and I'm trying to control my senses when I can give you a cookie but you don't even want to take a cookie. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, like, saying again and again, you know, that don't, that you shouldn't become angry towards people and, you know, that's your motto as well, that leave everyone with a good impression. So how do we make sure that this hostility doesn't come up and that, yeah, yeah. No, hostility will come up. It's, it's there, it's, it's it's a it's a culmination of my association with the modes of material nature, uh, lifetime after lifetime. There there are innate desires within my heart. You may notice those come up from time to time. They just come up. They're there. You may also notice a kind of uh, sense of hostility uh, that just can arise here or there, and. Sankirtan is a crucible. You know what a crucible is? It's a, where you purify gold. You put it in and the gold is melted at a very high temperature and then all the impurities come out and then you get the pure gold. So when we go out on Sankirtan, what we're doing is very difficult in the sense that we're trying to give something. People can't necessarily take it. And, and that creates some kind of friction. I mean, if you look at world history, there are crusades where people came in and said, look it, we've got the religion, you have to take it or die, we're gonna kill you. And they, they killed people. You know, people still didn't take it. Uh, you know, it's not so easy. It's, it's, 
it's not so easy to accept when you're not used to it. And Plato talked about this, the cave dwellers. Somebody leaves the cave, comes out, comes back and said, you know, there's sunlight out there. And everyone in, inside says, you're a liar. There is no sun out there. We don't want to hear your heresy. The, this is a very dire situation in the material world. And, and we're being asked to go out and interact with people like that. And sometimes it can be very disheartening that uh, people won't take. I had a, a very, I have a samskar. Once I was in San Francisco, I was on the street distributing books. It was a hard day, windy day, very rough and tumble kind of energy. And this well-dressed young man came uh, bounding down the street and with all the goodwill I could muster in my heart, you know, I greeted him and he pretended like I didn't exist. Not that he said, uh, go to hell. He didn't look at me and spit. I've been spit on before and many other things. But he just pretended I didn't exist. And after he passed, I actually looked down at my body to see if I was still there. I felt so inadequate and I've, I felt so oppressed by his ignorance of me. And I read later that the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. And so then I started thinking about how this is what I've been doing to Krishna lifetime after lifetime. I've been ignoring him. I just built my own world, my own distractions, and I forgot about him. He's trying to give me everything and I ignore him. So how does he feel? So these things wouldn't come up unless you go into the crucible, which is sankirtan. That's why we say book distribution is high sadhana. We're not doing it for the numbers. We only set goals so that we have the excuse to go out there and do it. And th th why we're going out, we're going out for purification. And what you just experienced is extremely valuable. Confronting that feeling that you had and then where did it come from? Why did it happen? What is the pressure? Then you read Prabhupada's books, you listen, you have something to, to listen for. Then that gets rectified and you move to the next level. Otherwise, how do we become pure devotees if we don't expose ourselves to this kind of uh, pressure? If To become unflinching means something's got to make you flinch. And I can say my years on Sankirtan of uh, dealing with people one after another, one after another, it, it changed my nature. It take, I mean, I barely changed because I'm, I'm um, incorrigible practically, but it's. But I noticed, and I know that it's from the, it's from the um, interaction on Sankirtan, the kinds of things that you're going through too. So pray on it, meditate, and you'll see Krishna will give you an answer, and he'll also give you relief, and it'll also become a some scar in your mind, like when somebody offers you something in Krishna consciousness, and you go, yeah, I'm going to take it. When Krishna offers you something, it's like. I don't want to be like that guy who wouldn't take a cookie. And Krishna says, here, you take a little mercy from me. And then you go, no, thanks. I'm not, I'm not really interested. Is that okay? And I'm really sorry because I won't be able to give you the $100. Because that was an excellent question. Yes, I do.
Uh, yeah, just be a representative. If you represent a company and their their bylaw, their their mission statement, their vision statement is like we're good to all the customers. Like this is what we do. So you're an employee. So you're going around. Say you work for the Ritz Carlton. Their whole thing is about service. Customers always right, and we're here to serve the customer, right? And you work for them, and you're going upstairs to take care of one of the guests. And you're thinking, I hate this guy. <laughs> but you sublimate that because you say, I, it doesn't matter if I hate the guy or not. I work for the company and I have to represent the mission and the vision. So I'm just going to do that. So we are instruments and we are representatives. And so be, be an ambassador. If you go to another country, you know, doesn't matter what you think, you have to represent your country. You're the ambassador. So we're an ambassador, we're ambassadors for the, the great Acharyas, for our gurus, for our, for this for Krishna, for Lord Chaitanya. Find out what they do and and what they want you to do and how they want you to act. And no matter what you think, doesn't matter. Just be the instrument and do your duty. And It'll, it'll gradually, by that exposure and the, the nature of what you're doing, it's, it's um, the proximity to all these books and this vibration and the service and everything like that. It will gradually, this kind of sadhana, hearing, chanting, going out, distributing, will bring you to the perfectional stage. You'll become a Paramahamsa by doing this process following and being an ambassador. It will all come by Krishna's grace. Om Tat Sat. Okay. I can read it. Can you read it out loud? Nukunjavasini, David Dasi, I agree with you. It's such a, I can say, you know, sitting in a Harinam somewhere and watching when people come down the street, they're on their way to a bar or a restaurant or something, they're thinking, I, I want music, I want intoxication, I want fun. And then they get trapped and they hear the holy name and they're listening. And you watch their face and they're going, what just happened? What is this? Why can't I walk away? What, there's something magical about it. That expression is priceless for us. And it comes out uh, in when we do outreach and we see it. That's, I agree with you, so the efficacy. We, we can notice it in their countenances. It's, it's nourishing. So um, I feel uh, to be uh, a kindred, um, devotee with all of you there in New Zealand because uh, you're all um, you're all great devotees 
you know, you're rare souls, you're great devotees, and you're doing uh, the yeoman's work, uh, spreading Krishna consciousness, uh, uh, worshiping the deities, taking care of one another, taking care of families and Krishna consciousness. All of this that you're doing there is just magnanimous, and it's the pinnacle of, of what humans, a, a human life is meant for. So I, I'm so thrilled to be connected with you. And um, I look forward to any ways that we can find uh, nexus points. It's always, you know, finding good excuses for, for book distribution. I know the global team has uh, brought us together more and more. And so has the, the Zoom trend, you know, because of COVID and everything like that. And to me, that's been a really uh, a boon. And I, I have such a, a, a spot in my heart for all the devotees in uh, New Zealand that... Um, this has been a heartfelt experience, and I thank you very much for tuning in. And take you so much of your uh, morning time to listen to the likes of me. Om Tat Sat. Hare Krishna. Or Prema Jai Dear Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shishi Panchatattva, Shishi Radha Madan Mohan, Shishi Radha Govinda, Shishi Radha Gopinath, Shishi Lakshmina Shringadeva, if you so desire, please empower all the devotees in New Zealand. Is there anybody from anywhere else? From distant parts of? From America. Oh, from anyone from who's listening to this broadcast now or in the future, please empower the devotees uh, so that they can always hear and chant with alacrity and spread the Krishna consciousness movement all over the world as part of one global team to inundate the world with Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Thank you for considering our request, Om Tat Sat. Everyone who agrees with this prayer in part or in whole, please unmute and say Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman.